Hey everybody, this is Dan, and uh, this is a special episode of the Willoway Farmcast. I'm with uh, Jeff and Kelly uh, Schreiber. Schreiber, how do you pronounce it, Jeff? Schreiber. 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 Kelly Schreiber. Kelly Kiefer. Kelly Kiefer Schreiber. Okay, Kelly Kiefer. <laughs> Recently married, newlyweds. Um, and we're just going to have a conversation here about small-scale farming or whatever. So um, tell us, uh, how long have you guys been farming? Well, um... Just give us a little background, you know. Start, Kelly, why don't you just okay. start us off. How, where are you from, and how did you find your way into agriculture? Yeah, so um, I'm from Campbellsport, so I actually grew up right next door to where our farm is right now. Um, so <clears throat> I grew up in, I mean, it's an agricultural community, but um, uh, my parents had basically what was a small hobby farm, so... Um, to me, growing up, like that really wasn't farming. Um, farming was dairy farming, um, and to a certain extent, corn and soybeans. Um, back kind of what then, you saw too, around you. around me, yeah. And it was the kids at school who smelled like manure. You know, like, <laughs> they were milking cows in the morning. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I left. You know something the community to go to school and was really glad to get out of here. Didn't really think I would pursue farming because to me, um, I, I don't know, I just didn't really have an interest in it at that time. Um, but got back into it when I moved to the city and saw actually how few people really knew where their food came from. And that was like, pretty clear to me having grown up on this little yeah, hobby farm. Yeah, you could kind of take it for where, granted a little Yeah, bit. I mean, we ate the meat from our animals and we had milk from our goats and we had a garden. So, um, And just being from a rural community, like most people had some kind of connection to that. And then in the city, it was like, where does milk come from? The grocery store. And right, <laughs> and just never even thinking about it. And so that kind of led you... Yeah. To, into agriculture. Into agriculture, just wanting to help other people make those connections. Okay, so you wanted to facilitate uh, a link yeah. between the consumer and the producer. Totally. And yeah, so I um, started by teaching kids in the city and then just really after a while of being in the city wanted to get back to my rural roots and that's how I got back into farming. Mm -hmm. And it's been, I think, eight Eight years. Eight years. You spent some time out at Hawthorne Valley. Hawthorne Valley. That, was yeah. that like uh, that was working with kids still, okay. but it was a farm, a, a dairy farm, vegetable farm. Um, they made cheese there. Yeah. They do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, you spent some time at Wellspring. Wellspring. So doing I was the same there thing. for three years. Yep. As a partially an educator, and then sort of. Uh, that's actually where I first started vegetable farming. Um, so I, I learned what I know from Jeff, who's my, my business partner now, um, cause he was managing, him. yep, at Wellspring. So, um, yeah, I was there for cool. three years before we decided to start. And then you took the big leap into, yeah, yeah the unknown. The unknown. Which is so fun <laughs> and exciting. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, Jeff, why don't you just... Yeah. Let everybody know where you come from and how did you get here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Iowa, in the suburbs of Iowa. 
there are such of, things. Uh, like uh, the, what do they call that, the uh, Quad City? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That area? Quad Cities, yeah. So I didn't have any connection really to farming um, growing up and didn't really know where food came from uh, other than the grocery store. And uh, yeah, there's a pretty big disconnect there, which I didn't have any interest in rectifying until uh, probably after college even, when I uh, studied English in college. And uh, after that, I traveled for a couple of years. Where'd you go? Um, Started in Australia and wow. around Asia and Europe. Backpacking. Yeah, yeah. And on those travels, somebody, I was kind of running out of money, and somebody said, well, you should do this thing called woofing, which is a good way to just travel for right. cheap. You know? That's awesome. So I, I didn't have, didn't do it because I had any interest in uh, agriculture per se, but I wanted to extend my travel time, I think. And so I stayed on a few uh, wolf farms in uh, New Zealand and Australia, and uh, I also did some like itinerant fruit picking and stuff in those places. And then in Europe also, uh, a couple farms. Um, was that one big long trip from New Zealand, Australia, then straight to Europe? Well, um, then I went to Japan and China. This is all one big uh, event, though. Yeah, like yeah. you're globe trotting. Yep, yep. Um, wow, how old were you when you were um, doing all that? I was like maybe 22 or something like that. Wow, that's so pretty good. bold. Were you yeah. all by yourself? I mean, you didn't have a travel buddy. No, well, sometimes. Oh, I yeah, met, you meet people along people. the way. Yeah, but primarily, yeah, it was my own trip, kind of. It saved up money uh, bartending in Chicago for a while, and then... Um, Is that where you went to school in Chicago? Um, no, it was a little bit downstate Illinois. Um, How'd you end up in Chicago? It just was kind of where everybody was gravitating to sure. from that school, and uh, had some friends there that I ended up staying with, and... Uh, it just seemed like an exciting place to be sure. in your big 20s. Cities. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, it found while doing this woofing that I actually did really enjoy this work. And it was really nice to be outside and doing physical work. You know, I hadn't really done a lot yeah. of that. And, uh, it's like tangible. Yeah. It <laughs> felt really nice, you know. Um, I was pretty naive. I didn't really know what I was doing or anything about plants or growing or anything, but uh, it's a good way of kind of easing into it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I sort of resolved then to look into this more when I got back home, uh, but I didn't have any idea if such things existed in the U.S. You even mean small like woofing or woofing or even just, just small, small farms? farms. And, yeah, because yeah. okay. I was. It's mostly like small, diversified. And this is uh, like the late '90s or um, early 2000s. So it was after 9/11, really. Um, mm -hmm. It's a little bit different world, and uh, um, yeah, it, it just kind of was an interesting 
to be out of the U.S. right after 9-11 then and sort of experience the world from a different perspective. I think. Yeah. I really... I did. I was in Europe uh, that's... Was it the fall? A couple summers after. Yeah. And it was the same kind of... I felt like I was uh, maybe an ambassador for the United yeah. States to the general population right. as I met them. <laughs> totally. So it was kind of nice to break down their stereotypes. Yeah, um, there was that and also just... Um, I think it was probably a lot different experience to just be in the U.S. at that time, I think. Oh, maybe. probably. I mean, sure. Yeah. yeah, our yeah. world. I mean, the whole world probably, uh, you know, experienced some change. Right. But, you know, yeah, right. definitely we did. Yeah, yeah. So then... Uh, so then, yeah, got back to the States and um, it's like, okay, how do you do this? And farming had never been really presented as a viable sort of um, was it even like employment uh, option or like nobody's you, talking about it. Yeah, I didn't have any friends who were doing that kind of thing, you know. And Most people aren't making the move to no. the farm. Well, maybe they are now. So maybe somewhat. a little bit more now, yeah. But back then, but then. yeah, I didn't. I had no knowledge of that lifestyle in the U.S. You know, and. Uh, and so tried to seek it out a little bit, and I found a small farm in, uh, up near the Twin Cities, and I did like a week wolf stay there, you know, and it's like, wow, this exists here, you know, mm -hmm. it's kind of cool. And I was bartending again uh, in Chicago, um, but there was an urge, or I was like, well, what are you going to do? And I don't know, I had this idea that if I went to grad school, maybe I'd have some better employment options or something like that, so... I went to grad school in Chicago um, for English humanities, kind of again, and uh, thinking um, that you might uh, teach or write or yeah, uh, both. I, there was that, you know. There was definitely an urge to maybe write in some way. I'd been kind of drawn to the humanities since high school, mm -hmm. um, and traveling definitely facilitated that that interest. Um, go further you know this but, was uh, this whole uh wanderlust maybe spurred on from growing up in a, a you know iowa be. suburb yeah kind of a small world it maybe it felt like that's how i felt to me growing yeah up where i did it was like yeah, this right. is not where this is not where stuff is happening yeah how do i expand out of this right yeah and yeah. then, then the real growth starts to happen. Like you wouldn't have, uh, like you were saying, growing up in rural Iowa, you there still wasn't this uh, bridge to. You wouldn't even have thought of farming. Right. It took this sort of just jumping out into the greater world yeah. to even like present that possibility to you. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think, yeah, I think you're on to some, I mean, it's like an expansion of your sort of worldview and your um, horizon, certainly, you know, so kind of move out of your own bubble, bubble into these different yeah. viewpoints, you know, yeah, very expanding. that's, it can be really, you know, really shatters the bubble that you had of yourself, right. but which can be a little frightening, but uh, it's also really expanding too, and right. uh, powerful and I, I think it also sort of has kind of a moral effect or something I'd sort of maybe it just sort of seeing um, the fact 
that there are other people in the world and they do things differently than you and yeah um, you're witnessing it yeah and so it it. kind of expands your sort of moral universe a a little bit i i think i experienced that as a result of um those travels and and farming just sort of impelled me a little bit more into maybe what I felt I could do to sort of do good in the world. Yeah. Maybe. And I, I don't know, I, I might've found something like that otherwise, but, um, sort of this feeling and I didn't necessarily feel like I was doing it. You know, it's almost like I was kind of being pulled along on this path or something, but there's this kind of moral element to it. I think that the further I went down that path, the more it became clear that this is the kind of work that I need to do in the world. I need to bring these sort of things to the world and try to do good in the world through these things. Yeah. I don't, that would have been difficult to do for me anyway, had I kind of remained in that Where you little were. bubble. I think, yeah, you, you know. might have done good in a different yeah, way yeah but uh right it wouldn't right. have been where you are today yeah growing food yeah so for people um went to graduate school uh incurred a lot of debt and then uh, <laughs> there was also like well uh, maybe i can teach and also sort of do this farming thing on the side and maybe part of this sort of moral development too is connected to um uh, sort of parallel journey in my farming uh, life or farming ideas, I guess, which was, I think, first I sort of started off as wanting to, you know, be more self-sufficient myself, and uh, it was a little more maybe egocentric or something, the ideas of being very interested in sustainability and self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. Like personal responsibility. Yeah. First, like a... Uh, responsibility to yourself right right to and, and so that manifests as like wanting to be maybe more of like a homesteader or mm-hmm. something like that if i could have a homestead and meet most of my own needs and have that security you know that those sort of things were big issues for me you know and uh so i think that moved um, it started out that way, definitely. It's like, well, maybe I could teach and sort of homestead, you know. I was mm-hmm. into permaculture, which kind of has this homesteading mentality. Yeah, what do you, you know? think? Maybe we should explain permaculture just uh, in uh, two sentences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> permaculture, yeah, I don't know. A, a design system, a, a kind of a, a yeah. toolbox of strategies for effectively uh, dealing with a landscape or a place or as many variables as you can uh, muster to handle yeah think of it as uh, to break it down like in the simplest terms it's just uh, energy capture you know and mm. you think sun is the major source of almost all the energy that we get on earth so let's right. uh, let's catch it yeah. with uh, plant matter and then yeah. turn it into uh, human energy or you yeah, know, it's yeah. like a cycle of energy so uh, as best as you can do that yeah um, so permaculture means. gives you some pointers and tips for how best yeah to do right that. but then you're kind of on your own to uh, 
take those ideas and, and adapt them right. to your space that you're in. Yeah. It's really fun. I think of it as uh, yeah. kind of like a three-dimensional puzzle stuff, right. you know, where you're like, oh, here's a little gap. What could we, what kind of little energy capturing thing can yeah. fit this uh, little right. dimension in the yeah. landscape? Um, yeah, it's exciting. Fun. It is. It's it's cool because there's so much uh, space within space. You know, like mm-hmm. you make your garden, mm-hmm. but then you're like, well, but then this is another space where, be it an apple tree or a, you know, a fruit tree, a, a bramble, uh, right. a, a whatever, it, yeah. it fits. And yeah. now it's mm-hmm. just you just uh, you know, um, I guess uh, multiplied what you can get out of that space. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah. One thing that appeals to me um, is that, and this is maybe just a part of my character in general that I like sort of the the big ideas behind things. So, I, I like that about permaculture that you're kind of looking for these patterns or principles um, um, for the way the world works, and then that's relevant no matter where you go. Really. Yeah, like you can apply those on any land that you might find yourself on and mm-hmm. that was i think from the start kind of a powerful aspect of of um, permacultural yeah. approach i think yeah you know? i i don't study it too much but i think i i think it's kind of like right you can take you can glean from others who've uh, done their permaculture uh, work mm-hmm. and then adapt it to your situation or you can kind of just get the philosophy underlying it and then just, it's like you can just run with it yourself. It's probably mm-hmm. people are doing it regardless of, it's almost uh, like uh, logistical, it's like a, like efficiencies, yeah, it's yeah. these things that you probably find in all all of life, even right. the way you organize your household, it's sort of, yeah. uh, there's flows and you're trying to, yeah. like, a, like a home becomes, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I've been like thinking about energy a lot, just, uh, right. because it seems like, you know, you got your matter, but you got this energy that animates it. And it's really in your, in, and it flow, it's flowing through the matter, right? So you're uh-huh. kind of like, uh, so when you catch it from the sun, it's like, it's actually moving physical matter in the plant and it's it's like causing it to develop itself and right. then you can capture that and then put it into you mm-hmm. and uh then the whole space and how like the the way you flow through the garden space out as a human in mm-hmm. that space too to make it more mm-hmm. uh it, like there's less friction so you can like enjoy the process of gardening yeah, more right. as you're kind of uh, capturing this it's yeah. just like there's no end to uh, yeah. the way the way the depth you can think about it and whenever you kind of hit the mark it's very satisfying it's like oh yeah. that worked right. it's really yeah. nice yeah to feel that uh yeah success yeah definitely. or the you know the opposite is, is, <laughs> is uh, probably yeah. Uh, not as satisfying to experience, but, uh, but that's where necessary. you learn. Exactly. So right. you try to remember that, uh, yeah. we don't have to do that again that way next time. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we'll get another chance. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way of putting it. I like that. Well, right. It's, it's a trick. So then you, uh, you delved into the permaculture or just at least the theories you were, you were, uh, 
Yeah, this was uh, more pulled like, towards it, but you're still early. This was like book learning time and theory time. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Because your hands are in the dirt, you're you're volunteering. Yeah, getting a little experience. You know, I got a garden of your own, or or not um, really. Don't no, really have I don't the space. Think, I think I did because I was still kind of living in cities. I was out on the East Coast, living in Boston, and well, not um, what took you out there. Uh, well, that was after. Um, after grad, after grad school? school, went out there thinking I could get a maybe a job teaching or something mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. and kind of just was excited and drawn still to the urban kind of lifestyle. You know, it's an exciting place to be, mm-hmm. and uh, but also conflicted and drawn to this uh, kind of blossoming uh, interest in sustainability and farming and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, but after Boston, um, uh, found an actual internship out there on a farm and, um, that went poorly, actually. Really? <laughs> it's strange. I'm just thinking about this this morning for some reason, but, uh, yeah, you know, you don't really understand how a farm works and you don't really... Um, have a lot of insight into food and safety maybe and things like that when you're just coming out of the city kind of a greenhorn you know Mm -hmm. and uh, so I kind of butted heads with the farmer there who was just a young farmer and um, he and his wife and their new baby were having interns for the first time on their uh, they were living you were living in their space as well right they we started off living in their space and then, uh, um, yeah, and then he hadn't finished the kind of intern space yet, you know, so mm-hmm. there's just numerous things now looking back on it from being a farm manager and having had interns and stuff, uh, ourselves, uh, numerous opportunities for problems to arise in this situation, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we just weren't very clear about expectations. I wanted my girlfriend at the time to sort of be there too, but she wasn't necessarily in, interested in farming, you know, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's a complicated thing. <laughs> um, you know, she left because of some altercation, oh, and I tried to stay on, and then... The drums. Um, yeah, the thing I was thinking about this morning was the, the culminating drama that um, I... <laughs> I was sort of thinking about it from his perspective maybe this morning a little bit more but um we were digging potatoes so this farm was pretty young we were like forking potatoes and um didn't have a lot of crates you know it was just the the harvesting conditions and and uh things were not ideal yeah it meant for a lot of work so thinking i would be a little more efficient i um, there was like one wheelbarrow on the farm and I went and I, I thought, well, I'll just take the wheelbarrow down there and like put these potatoes in the wheelbarrow and then I can get them out of the field, you know, mm-hmm. that would be easier. But this wheelbarrow is the one wheelbarrow on the farm, so it's often used to kind of like clean up the chicken coop and stuff like that. And so I actually cleaned it out, mm-hmm. you know, I thought, well, I'll clean it out and the potatoes are going to be washed anyway, so sure. uh, I, don't, I think it'll be okay, you know. So I sprayed it out and then I'm gathering up these potatoes and... He saw me and, oh, just, you know, it was Ooh. like, uh, exploded, ex- 
explosion, yeah, and he, like, called me stupid or something Ooh. like that, and I stormed out of there, you know, kind of like a, Leaving. <laughs> yeah, like that day, you just kind of pack up everything you have there, and I left, you know. It was really dramatic. Wow, that is dramatic. Do you ever find yourself in the middle of a drama like that, feeling, the, like, oh my god, this is so dramatic? <laughs> I think I was just so caught up, and, oh. you know, I wasn't, uh, I didn't have that. Oh, I've always objectivity. felt like, it's like, wow, this is like a movie I'm <laughs> caught up in, like, it's <laughs> like melodrama, this is t- over mm-hmm. the top. I remember that as a child once, like storming out of a room, and I'm like, "That is ridiculous! How? What? What is my point?" Yeah, I'm kind really. of like chuckling at myself. And didn't like I your did girlfriend who too. had previously left? Like she was the only person who could pick you up. The only person I knew. She no. wouldn't come to the farm, oh, so she boy. like parked down the road, and you yeah. had to like. <sighs> Well, I had to get nightmare. the car and like bring it there and like throw everything in as fast as I could and like I'm get out of there. I'm out of here. <laughs> Never looking back. Oh, what a, what well, a, so um, critiquing that from uh, a wiser perspective, they yeah. were probably just a little. They were young. Yeah, maybe a little unprepared. But maybe didn't have also, the interpersonal traits. Uh, yeah, to lay down a, a protocol that everybody. Was yeah, on the same page with. I think though, and what I learned from managing interns later um, was that um, you know interns are in a different space. I was probably thinking about you know something from the day before or what I was going to eat that night yeah. or something. You know, I didn't. I you didn't don't have the feel the weight. Yeah, of the farm. I didn't really know that like all these potatoes like really needed to be harvested so they could go to market or something. Sure. I didn't have that kind of stress, and um, mm-hmm. who knows what I was going on in my mind. But it was not what was going on in his mind, obviously. <laughs> you know, right, which right. was like and he was probably... uh, somebody could get sick, I could lose my farm. Like this would be really bad, you know, really bad. Um, and th- that's valid, certainly. But what what maybe wasn't valid was. And this I learned later from making the same mistake was sort of coming into somebody's space in the way that he did, which was, uh, I mean, you don't call somebody stupid for one, but um, just to kind of come in to their space and, and with your different kind of energy yeah, and like, like oh, what are you doing? Kind of passion thing. overflowing. It wasn't uh, yeah. thoughtfully... Uh, right there was the, no the criticism wasn't a, it wasn't a like a learning moment yeah <laughs> it right was like right or maybe it was he was teaching you in his you know, <laughs> pretty harsh, his, uh, harsh you know, way uh, yeah yeah well you know tough love sometimes that happens the animal <laughs> breaks through and you're like oh gosh that that was not the best version of me. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But he didn't subsequently realize that and say that or anything. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Well, you didn't, maybe didn't give him a chance. To yeah, either. I was gone. You were gone. <laughs> because this wasn't, this was the the, the, the straw that broke the camel. Yeah, there, there, were, other things there were other things leading up to this. this and then it just yeah. it, it ended that way, which yeah. is probably fine. That's. Yeah, it's I think okay. it was fine. If it's a toxic situation, you should probably just get out of it. Right. And maybe better for him, too. Yeah. Who knows? But it was that coming into somebody's space in that way. I kind of which, aggressively coming at you. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, do it this way or something. Which I, you know, have done yeah. that later. And in terms it's of, a like, shortness wait a second. Of, uh, what do, you're like, you don't even know what we're doing. And, like, you're just coming into our space Kind of here. dehumanizing or something. Yeah. yeah. It's like indulgent. 
too. I'm, like if, when I'm in, if I ever find myself there, it feels like I'm unable to understand that to explain this, I need to slow it down. But right. the, the temper wants to just have immediate results. Yeah. It's kind of something I think coming out of our more ancient yeah. side, you know, yeah, more closer a, to the animal. It's not a good side. I think. <laughs> it's not as effective as we, you know, it so, hardly yeah. ever works how we thought it would work. Yeah. We don't even think about it. It just happens. Right. We're overwhelmed with, uh, uh, uh an emotion that yeah. it's, it's not, it's not equipped for a modern discourse. Yeah. It's, uh, it's right. clubs and sticks and, and brute. <laughs> right. So it hardly ever works. Yeah. But anyways, so we try to temper ourselves against that. Yeah. When the frustrations of the day come. Yeah. And they do. So, I mean, I mean, that could have potentially been pretty shattering. You know, if somebody kind of says that you're stupid or something, you know, that's, it's pretty hard to come yeah, back. Yeah, but you were stronger than that. Well, I don't know. I, I did have some some people kind of encourage me. Maybe I went then. I, so then I went and I taught for a year and um, um, enjoyed teaching, but still felt this pull. I think and was sort of easing back into it and saw another internship opportunity. It's very hesitant though, given what had happened. And this was in upstate New York, and. Uh, um, but was sort of encouraged to maybe give it a try again, and I'm grateful for that because I, I could have maybe not, um, you know, done that. And then at this much more positive experience on mm-hmm. this farm, um, it was like, well, yeah, I I think I like doing this more than teaching, and so yeah. I'm just not going to go back and teach in the fall. Even I kind of was scheduled to teach and canceled like, my no. classes. <laughs> I'm moving it on. Right. Right. And wow. then that's when, after that experience, I came back to Wisconsin, which is where I was born, and my family's from, even though I grew up in Iowa, and just felt like, this sort of feels like home in certain ways. Now where and, in Wisconsin was this? Um, mostly, more Madison kind mm-hmm. of community, it's where, closer to where my parents are from, and, uh, you know, I... I was born in Appleton, but we moved when I was like a year old, so I didn't have a lot of actual connection to Wisconsin, but for whatever reason, I was kind of being called back here and felt this feels a little bit like home now. My family had left Iowa. They'd kind of mm-hmm. gone elsewhere, and uh, so didn't have a lot of family here and thought, well, what the heck, I'll shoot for Wisconsin, and... Uh, found that there was this amazing sort of local food scene around Madison especially sure. and but I was a little more drawn to Milwaukee for whatever reason I, I was familiar with Madison and had been there many times um, but it just felt a little unreal or something in a certain way like and, a university uh, town can feel that way yeah right propped up by a lot of other uh, infrastructures yeah and I you know, I had experienced that out east too. I spent some time in Ithaca, New York, which mm-hmm. is sort of a college town too, and uh, you know Burlington, Vermont, and these towns are all really cool. But I I was living near Rochester, New York, which is this kind of gritty old, um, you know, Rust Belt city, and mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it just felt like more real and more work needed to be done there, mm-hmm. kind of you know, and nobody was really even doing it there, mm-hmm. you know, so. I felt similarly about uh, Milwaukee. I like think something and, could happen here. 
Yeah, there seemed more potential and like more potential and uh, just appealed to a certain part of me more, you know, kind of a gritty blue collarness or mm -hmm. something that just it's more attractive, I think. And Do you think it's um, changed in the years uh, from that first poll to uh, how it sits today? I think so. Um, Explain it in terms of food. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a community of, of understanding um, or a desire, a stronger desire to reconnect from the general uh, population as you can feel it? <laughs> because it's so big and broad. Right. Can, my experiences of it are, are limited. Yeah. I think there is. I know there's more farms. Um, yeah. You know, and there, yeah. um, there is... Um, the farmers markets there's tons of, i don't know if it's like do you do you feel like it's reached almost an oversaturation like it maybe uh overgrew the demand i a little sort bit? of i sort of i i do in a little bit feel that way um i from my perspective being there in um like 2007 2008 working in like one of the as far as I know, one of the earliest, like, urban garden initiatives, mm -hmm. like, from that side of things, things have really blossomed. Mm -hmm. um, like, the Victory Garden Initiative really has been instrumental, I think, in making a lot of that happen. But there's also just a lot of interest in, like, farm to school, mm -hmm. and there's more of that actually happening there now. Um, from the side of, like, consumer support for... Uh, like local foods i feel like um just the growth of the outposts like mm -hmm. um jeff and i actually met working we both worked at the state street outposts so that was when there were only two locations and then they've since opened two right, more two more and um seems like that's been pretty instrumental in terms of like raising some awareness and mm -hmm. um, just through the publications that they put out and having the availability I feel like also growing power has mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of times I'm left like from my perspective as a farmer and this kind of contributed to like our um, part of our decision to stop attending a farmer's market is it seems like the enthusiasm and awareness for local foods has for sure risen but it seems like the translation to like people actually putting the money oh, sure. where the idea is. And like kind of committing to uh, is like, eating vegetables. And... Yeah, it's like that's still where I feel like from my perspective, it's still kind of like, mm -hmm. like, the, uh, like the, the demand and supply is a little off. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. I think it might be a... a kind of a romanticism about uh, even mm. vegetables or as it's maybe come a uh, coming of age yeah. where the the idea of it is really appealing. Mm. And then if it comes to the actual consuming and the eating and the cooking, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, this is where the work is and my habits have already established a different right. expectation for me of what I need mm. to do to eat. Uh, so maybe that's just... Uh, something that's still growing it's maybe the next generation or the the generation coming of age will have um been habituated into 
you know, like they're almost their taste buds are more in alignment yeah. with the flavors of mm-hmm. vegetables, you know, things like this. I don't know if it moves more a glacial, you know, it's like, yeah. this is just one step. Now these parents are raising their kids in this way. Maybe then that kid is already equipped to uh, right. desire it. Yeah, and it's I like, it's like, it's like a real, like the cultural shift, like you're saying, hasn't quite happened where people are preparing yeah. their meals at home. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, it's like you th- things that you might just take for granted, um, having fresh vegetables on the ready, like how mm-hmm. to just make it consumable for yourself. Yeah. It, it seems relatively uh, self-explanatory, but uh, there's a lot of people look, at least this is my experience, looking for like, how do we eat this stuff? Yeah. Right. And I'm, but it, it may be uh, a side effect of how I was raised. It was just like, well, you just eat it. You know, <laughs> you, put it, you, you warm it up, you put some salt. On it. Yeah, you put <laughs> cheese, salt, you know, you, you just make it go into your body. Uh-huh. <laughs> the trick is to get it into your system. And you have to ask yourself, why are you eating this then? Because if you, if your uh, thoughts on it are, are complete, then you're going to do whatever it takes to, to get the nourishment, uh, out of it. Or if you just believe, uh, you know, I'm I'm sort of just projecting thoughts into an, uh, you know, abstract consumer, but, uh, you know, they need, they maybe would be better served if they thought it all the way through. Like, why am I actually buying this tomato? Mm-hmm. Is it ju- just because I feel good about supporting local produce or do I really want what's in that tomato along with the infrastructure or chain of production that I'm helping to create mm-hmm. or at least support? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that's, that's what I would like uh, from my, uh, customers is more feedback on what they thinking of what they're thinking when they consume mm-hmm. what do they want from yeah. us what what can we facil- facilitate for you um what mm-hmm. wh- why are you even choosing us um and that's you know that's a there's a spectrum to to that um and then mm-hmm. we can better like round out um what we do and maybe um how we present information um the story, you know, the story mm-hmm. of the tomato, you know, like how do we make it interesting and appealing mm-hmm. and delicious and, uh, you know, whatever else we can throw mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. That's a challenge. I don't know. Yeah. So these podcasts, I'm doing these just for, for that, for that reason too. I don't know who or if anybody will listen, <laughs> but it's fun. Uh, it's fun for me to, to try it. Um, I, there's a side of myself that, um, craves the hard work and the toil of the farm but there's an other side that's unfulfilled from constant toiling i need a social uh, or at least some uh sense of social interaction mm-hmm. um and um i was just saying this last night there's a part of me that feels um like uh like there's an artist in here and he needs to express himself and mm-hmm. and so you need an, you need not only the action, but an interaction, you know, there's got to be a connection for the artist. Um, so this is just an, another means to try to facilitate that, um, in a selfish way, I suppose from, for me, but as, uh, I would think an artist would also want to have that expression, um, offered mm-hmm. to, uh, somebody, anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, I don't know. So we're just jumping in here and doing that. Yeah. 
that's just part of it, I guess. I don't know. Like agriculture for me was, uh, it was more, uh, a foggy, uh, like, uh, nostalgic. Uh, there's like, like feelings of nostalgia that I had for agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember visiting a, an Amish farm and when I was in my teens in Ohio on a family visit and there's something that felt I liked something about it, mm-hmm. not necessarily the orthodox nature of, of Amish uh, living, but um, that the rootedness of it, maybe mm-hmm. the animals and the, the spaces was appealing. Mm-hmm. There's an aesthetic that I enjoyed about it. Yeah. And, uh, but I never really thought of pursuing it. Um, so, I don't know what I'm trying to say there. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm interested to hear your journey yeah. into it a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, sure, we could uh, talk about that. Um, it, uh, well, I studied, uh, I grew up in this area, roughly, um, southeast Wisconsin, small town Fredonia. It's about 40 minutes from downtown Milwaukee. Kind and of is that the, where you, like, pretty close to where you are yeah, living? Yeah, right, now. within about six or seven miles. Okay. Uh, I grew up in the, the village proper. And it never really felt like anywhere. It felt like it was between places. It wasn't even a proper suburb. It was uh, just outside the periphery of suburbs, but not quite into rural. It was sort of right, it was like sub-suburb or something else super rural (laughs) it was right in this so it really didn't have much identity and so it kind of felt like uh how do you what what is this place how do you you how do i get out of here for one thing what is like what is the bigger world like it didn't have uh it didn't have any heart really or at least i didn't feel it whatever heart it had wasn't my heart um so anyways that just um that whatever, that's just my feelings on it as I was in it when I was growing up, probably from adolescence to like leaving home when I was a kid, it was, you know, who cares? It's beautiful. You know, when you're Mm -hmm. a kid, anywhere is fun if you use your imagination. So, uh, anyways, on to, uh, university, um, not really semi-directionalist. I didn't really know nothing really appealed. I didn't, um, I, I, I felt, uh, like, the work a day was sort of, there's trappings. It felt like, it, like that's not what you want to do. I don't know that. I mean, personally, I'm other people I can't speak for, but it never felt like what I wanted to do was commit myself to something that I've yet to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a big dilemma in growing mm-hmm. up is like, you have to make choices about a future that you haven't, uh, you don't know the mm-hmm. future. So how do I commit myself? to a course of education or whatever. I guess it's just a life experience would round that out for you. But coming from where I did, I didn't have a lot of life experience, so I didn't even really know who I was. Mm-hmm. So um, moving to the city, studying as I did, which was just in a very general way. I never thought of my degree as being important. I was more like seeking education, knowledge, mm-hmm. um, you know, the history, art, you name it. I was, sciences, they were all interesting to me. But I settled on philosophy because it was kind of underneath everything else was philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just ended up being what I got a degree in because I was accumulating most of my credits there. And at some point I'm like, I just got to like get done with school. So I'm just going <laughs> to decide on a philosophy as my degree. 
um, which was t- incredibly enriching. You know, I, I I would think it would be great for any human to spend uh, a concerted amount of time dealing with just ideas and thought in general, just to get a sense of where they even how they're built. You know, there's like mm-hmm. a building up of of your mind, um, which I found to be very rewarding, and that just. Um, Probably was turning my uh, tastes, you know, because a lot of these things are uh, intuitive for me. I don't necessarily rationalize what I want to do so much as what feels right. Um, So I'm thinking that perhaps by rounding out my education in such a way, it gave me a taste for things. Um, And that led me to... Uh, travel first, just uh, you know, in the in the states. Uh, spent some time in the mountains of Montana. Um, mostly looking for, I think my quest was just for um, like free spirited uh, energy. You know, people, um, uh, authentic humans, unboxed, uh, just living like a rip roaring kind of life. Um, passion and passion I think I was reading a lot of the beats so it's like they burn bright but they burn out too you know so it's a, it's a tough one to, uh, balance um, and that's where I met Jackie uh, my farming uh, partner uh, life partner and uh, she was um, volunteering on a farm and I was like well that's interesting let me just lend a hand there and did um, um, but still never really thinking at all, you know, that that's where I wanted to be or do or anything. I, I was still really unsettled. Um, and then further travel in, in Europe, I did a little wolfing excursion um, in Scotland, which kind of cemented that, that that is something that I really enjoy. Um, um, being out of doors, that was always important to me. Uh, the work should be outdoors for me. I, I like the physicality. I like uh, working my body. Um, I like sport, so I try to turn my action into sport. Um, I try to take an attitude of uh, the work on the farm as though it's a workout. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to connect the two, so I'll, I'll intensify action just to feel it more. That's awesome. Um, yeah, well, that's just what I do. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are not like that. I, I'll take the hard way around. Believe you, you me, I, I definitely get don't, trapped don't in media. You really? No, I have no expectation. Uh, you know, again, it's it's personal taste. That's right. what I like. Um, I I don't know. I I think of it as a like a literal like a literal pun. Like when you can make one thing two things. I like that. That's pleasing to me. It feels efficient. I don't know. It's like a little surge of like yes. So the work the workout make them the same thing. You know. I I I would love. I like spending time in the gym, but that's sort of uh, an empty task other than just building the body. So, you know, like work the body like the body was meant to be worked and uh, it feels feels good, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that experience in uh, Scotland, um, Jackie and I were back in Wisconsin, just sort of in nowhere, you know, just sort of in between things. Um, but she did want to volunteer on a farm. Um, that She liked that. 
and through her research I stumbled upon Michael Fields and then I'm like well sure let's just do that I would I, still not thinking of like I want to be a farmer or anything just thinking this I I would like to know more about this process of creating food um so so we did we did the garden student program I think in uh, 2004 and that was a great experience that gave me the confidence to be like yeah um you know they gave you a lot of uh like insight into growing both the the, the practical this is what it's going to feel like this is the work a day situation plus some background in you know plant physiology or or what have you the science behind growing and then gave us a lot of uh uh, opportunity to meet farms so sort of like hands-on seeing different operations kind of seeing what made sense um, and uh, that led us to uh, an opportunity in Pennsylvania in Montrose Pennsylvania up in the they call it the endless mountains on what was a, a like a three four hundred acre estate but kind of defunct estate it wasn't operating as a, an estate it was the the descendants still lived on the farm and uh she was uh interested in somebody doing something on this land so she was pretty wide open which is like come on out check it out and uh do something so we did like an acre garden there and it was a beautiful summer. It was just uh, one of those, like, it was like a dream, you know, is that we were sort of picked up by a, 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 an eccentric community uh, around Montrose that just sort of gave us constant good feeling. And uh, it was so free because the, the expense was so low mm -hmm. that there was no stress. It was just, this is all just... For experience so it was just so easy to have a good time doing it and uh, and, and when you're in a different space you feel like yeah, I, at least for me I get like kind of an, uh, like that uh, third perspective of uh, who are you in this space for them you mm -hmm. know like what is the community getting from you uh, as this weird creature to just sort of come to their space right. and bring something uh, new to this community and that was enjoyable mm -hmm. just to feel that and feel light and uh, I liked the sensation of being out of uh, whatever uh, uh, like when I'm in my home space uh, Fredonia area or even maybe southeastern Wisconsin what have you I kind of end up limiting myself based on the expectations of what I believe the others are mm -hmm. thinking of me. Mm -hmm. And I really don't like that side of myself that I allow myself to trap myself in what I think others might think. There's like mm -hmm. really no proof of any of this. Stuff. It's all just in your head. Right. But to be uh, a far afield, you don't know what anybody is thinking about yeah. anybody. So mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're unencumbered by those uh, self-expectations yeah. and, and whatnot yeah. so it's just a beautiful experience and then home for the holidays um, 
we were just sort of looking for see what Jackie was always in checking the market. What's a what's for sale? <laughs> <laughs> She's really good about that. Doesn't that doesn't surprise me. For some <laughs> yeah, so she was uh, actively looking, and this place was uh, just fresh on the market. It was sort of a desperate sale. They were looking for an out. They were in foreclosure. Made an offer. It happened really fast. You know, like three days, three four days. Made an offer. They took it. Um, and it was sort of the three or four months of just sort of like dealing with them having to leave and you know signing paper all that rigmarole of buying a property and then then we just hit the ground running and uh came up with our own vision uh of what that should be uh it's a very small farm we only uh till about an acre and a half maybe and it's primarily human driven uh, I do have a a nice tiller machine that I'm currently the engine blew up last year so I'm fixing it oh jeez yeah I, I thought you know I got into it I'm like well this is awesome in a way I rebuilt an engine last year and so now I was like oh great and now I get to rebuild another cool. one yeah. yeah and it's like it, it's sort of one of those things it seems overwhelming until you start to break it down and then it's like demystified mm-hmm. it's like oh it's really just again it's like an energy system mm-hmm. and there's only so many parts to it and basically uh w- you know under my dad's tutelage he'll give me opinions you know so i don't do something totally boneheaded which is pretty easy to do when you're inexperienced so but you know take parts explode it and then reassemble it uh, mm-hmm. with the new parts <laughs> so it's kind of cool to do it. it's very good I'm, I'm glad i'm doing it it's yeah. just another thing um to wrap my head around um it seems it's good so i thought maybe it was my fault but i was unsure because uh i, I, I the oil was it was low but sufficient <laughs> but uh, upon investigation there was a bolt that had um removed itself and got lodged in there oh, somehow. Wow. Yeah, oh. so, you know, I don't know what to think about that. But uh, regardless, rebuilding it now. Um, so I just exploded it just the other day. Oh, and now wow. i got to order a rebuild kit and then um, reassemble. And uh, hopefully it, it fires back up. That's exciting. Is that. it the BCS? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So it's a 13-horsepower Honda uh-huh. motor, which... Uh, it's really beautiful when you take these things apart. Just the the machining quality, you know. And like, uh-huh. wow, there's a lot. There's a lot of humanity in this machine, you know. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. just the, just to see what this yeah. this yeah. energy capture, you know, of a different sort. But what it does for us yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Um, so it's good to know that too. Like just like growing a vegetable, it's just another thing to understand about. Um, to me it's energy again like where you know this this helps me this energy mm-hmm. helps me mm-hmm. it, it moves the earth um it facilitates that yeah i feel yeah. like that came up recently for me about like why farms are so important and why it's so important like we have these experiences but um like i feel like it's partially the farmer's responsibility to be able to share yeah. those like visceral right like how things work because um i feel like as much as like people are disconnected from like where their food comes from like it's just like a 
bigger idea in general, like just disconnect from, from production how things in general. are produced or like yeah. what's really embodied in right because like, you just sort of something. like oh thermos, but then you're <laughs> but if you actually had a sense of like the, everything that went into oh, it, it's, you it's would amazing. It, it, it is amazing, <laughs> right? Like to um, put the product, like to sense the production in the product yeah to look at it and see the story of of this digital recorder i mean these are amazing devices Mm -hmm. that you just get to superficially appreciate you know you you appreciate what it's doing it's capturing our voices Mm -hmm. but the mechanism that's doing that yeah it's astounding and we live on that cutting edge right now of, of just um it's like we live in the future and so in so many ways mm-hmm. that it's it's almost too mm-hmm. much to understand. You, you can't. It's a challenge, too. I think given the scale of both of our farms, I think this is an interesting issue. Um, well, what's your scale? Uh, well, we, we maybe have two acres here, you know, acre and a half or so. And then we rent some other land because mm-hmm. we felt the need to get a little bigger. And uh, Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a little five-acre kind of homestead mm-hmm. thing here. Um, but yeah, this idea that you know so much labor is actually embodied in that. If, if you think about you know the people who made the molds for the oh, plastic, in of, yeah, in the digital recording thing, device, you know, and then who came up with the ideas and oh yeah, the microphone. You um, can't even really. It, it took you know, it took like everything. thousands of people probably how many you know, man out you can't right. even just like thousands and thousands of people involved in the production of that thing so that's one example of maybe the benefits from dividing labor mm-hmm. um, and yet often on small farms one of the primary goals seems to be <laughs> almost the opposite in that you're well, first of all, we can't afford really to to sort of separate our labor. Um, maybe that's one of maybe that's a, a main issue here. But uh, as far um, as employees and yeah, that sort of thing. right. So we end up just sort of doing everything ourselves. Right, you know, labor is not really divided except between Kelly and I. And that's not to say we don't. I mean, we use a tractor, so that's how many thousands of people are like embodied in the labor of that tractor who like where did the ore come from that made the certain part of the tractor all the way through it's just amazing you can't even follow it out really so but there's this it's just a real paradox i think and it has to do maybe with that kind of energy usage that you're talking about that how do you what sort of appropriate sort of technologies can you use on the farm to catch and, energy. Yeah, and how efficient is maybe one or two people? And, and maybe it totally depends on the task, yeah. you know? And like, uh, and how do you find just the right balance, which is probably totally um, specific to a certain place and time and situation. You know, you right. can't really replicate it maybe again somewhere else. But um, yeah, finding this sort of balance of... And that's the r- role of the individual farmer in his space yeah um both yeah. understanding his his land and, and and the greater world right but understanding himself as well yeah you know to right. understand um 
where there needs to be oil applied in right. his uh, thinking, or or uh, and then the thinking to facilitate the action of the body yeah. to affect the production of a food. Right. Like it's, uh, or you just do, and you don't you don't think about it too much, and maybe you're lucky and it works, and mm -hmm. that's just a quirk of of talent. Um, or, or or what have you? Yeah, right. Or you're like uh, me, who has a tendency to have an overactive thought process. So, if not um, put put into, uh, if not challenged to a specific goal, it will sort of um, consume itself. It will start to mm -hmm. uh, become probably neurotic or or overthink things that are aren't worthy of thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I need to burn burn that energy off in mm -hmm. uh, either physical action or specific focused thought action. Mm -hmm. um, or it's sort of self-destructive mm -hmm. um, or at least not beneficial. Right. So um, but that's me trying to understand me and that and that is just on some level a guess. Yeah. <laughs> like right. I am sort of it's sort of touch and go. Like let me try does this seem to benefit me? It's a theory and then I put it to practice mm -hmm. and then maybe maybe it helps. I don't know what to let go, what to focus on. Mm -hmm. Uh you know, what's in my control, what's out of my control. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's part of the farming, that's part of what drew me to farming, I think, is, is um, having the space to use yeah. my, to, to feel a sense of control or, or at least letting, um, not having to put my energy into something I don't, didn't really uh, have a detailed understanding of why I'm doing it other than like maybe say making money right you know like it needed more than yeah. that yeah. and uh, even though you know I of course I understand you need money but uh, it, I need more than money too you know <laughs> right. I'm not right. uh, it, it should be perhaps just too complicated I, I mean I have a tendency to complicate things and it's almost on purpose yeah. on, on some level because I understand that it's not simple and if it is simple well yeah, it is in in a in a way. It, you know, it's always simple when looking at it in a way. But there's always more. Mm -hmm. What you can add to that 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 narrative or that story, which is only going to confound it and make it complicated. Right. So it's you know to live in the tension of those two spaces is sort yeah. of uh, where I find myself much of the time. Yeah. Um, feeling both confident and insecure. You know, right. it's it's a weird uh, juxtaposition. To you know, to be left and right, to be up yeah. and down, <laughs> to be sad and happy. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's complicated. To be angry and and and, and find it silly simultaneously. Like right. that's kind of where I am much of the time. You know, yeah. Um, because it's all okay, right? Because it's all just going to happen anyways. Yeah, I like that idea though that the farm can be a space, maybe almost like a. The farm as dojo or something like that. Sure, where yeah. You, where you, and maybe because it is kind of separated out from, you know, certainly the stresses of the urban environment. Anyway, you know, it's it's a bit of a, a quieter space where you can go deeper into some of the things that you're talking about, and that's a big part. I think hearing you talk about 
your struggles and what you think about, that's a big part of, I think, farming, and maybe to a certain extent just work for anyone, but uh, something about the farm space as a place of kind of constant self-learning is an yeah. uh, interesting idea, I think. I mean, I've been thinking about it lately in terms of just movement, you know, and it, I know that you appreciate this because of your experience with scything and uh, you know what a fascinating study that you could spend your life on just how to more effectively move through space yeah like <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, uh, a you know it could be akin to like a martial art or yeah, something. yeah when, right. when working the scuffle hoe how do I posture myself yeah. To best um, uh, to to limit wear and to get yeah. the most satisfaction out of the task. Right. Because when you do when you perform a task well, it is satisfying. Mm -hmm. And if it's if you're if you're grinding yourself because um, you're you know if you're doing it wrong, it usually is accompanied by discomfort. Yeah. I mean, of course, you can only sigh so long before you will experience right. a strain. Yeah. But uh, one done well, you know, it's yeah. limited and it's beautiful, and you can, and you can, uh, like I uh, like to say, when when using the hoe, you know, you can, you're, you're just so you can lock in, you can get to a point where you're adjusting the specific attention of your eyeball instead of just sort of letting it happen. You can kind of start to like focus differently, and I've experienced right. that while running the sigh as well. It's like you can get this weird uh, sweeping across. And your your focus is on um, I'm not exactly sure what it's on, but it's sort of in a general uh, mm -hmm. sweep of the side. Yeah. But you can also like put the make the eyeballs focus on the side head, uh -huh. and then you see in focus the clumping of the grass as it's accumulating on the side head. But everything else goes into a blur, and it's kind of your body is less uh, it's more disorienting because you're not you're not really sensing the horizon and yeah. the space that all becomes blurred out right. as you focus inward on this yeah. little specific thing so it's just lit you know it's just a to it's just toying with the mechanism yeah, right. that y you inhabit you know mm -hmm. first you inhabit the the body vehicle yeah. and then the body vehicle has to be made to do stuff yeah. and then uh and I think if you start, if you go down the road of, of overthinking, <laughs> then there is nothing that you really kind of leave unturned. You're yeah. always, you know, you, you can just do, and a lot of it is just doing, but then you can uh, adjust your focus of attention to bear witness to the, to the doing, uh -huh. and then you can kind of uh, tweak it. You yeah. can customize it a little bit. Am I tensioning my abs enough? Is that why my back is sore? It's because yeah. I'm putting too, I'm allowing my back to bear the load when I can actually tense my, my, my gut muscles and my abdomen and bear the load with the trunk of my, my whole trunk as opposed to stressing out my back. Mm -hmm. um, if I bend at the hips a little bit, does that make it a little bit more comfortable? You know, you, yeah, these yeah. Are, there's an infinity in that yeah. uh, right. space. And so, you know, when challenged to use the body, all day long, every day, it behooves you to, to actually investigate <laughs> this a little bit to get the most out of it. Right. Um, yeah. So I enjoy that. Um, and that seems like something that's, I don't want to necessarily make the distinction between small and large farms, because I don't think that's really the distinction, but it's, 
it's more of like your values. And if you are completely economically driven, and that's your sort of dominant concern and your dominant value, then you're not going to sigh. You're going to get on a tractor, yeah. you know, and you're going to sit there. And then your legs and your back are going to get tight, and you might have problems later in life. But uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but in um, the short run, it feels. <laughs> but you uh, made some money, and you have maybe a sustainable financial business yeah. or something. But that's maybe more of the distinction that's interesting to me is like where are these values placed in farming? And clearly, you you place value on this, you know, movement and this sort of connection and having a kind of mindfulness to your craft. Um, yeah. And you also place value on economics, but it's sort of how it pans out. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's complicated, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on, but that's just everyday life, really. Right. You know, it's right. just uh, how, uh, you know, where is your attention and, and uh, what is that attention doing for for you mm-hmm. right and, uh, and the beautiful thing about a farm is you have like a fairly immediate feedback loop about yeah right uh, like how how does my different attention like translate into a changed yeah so you, it, so you can get you. a real uh, sense of empowerment when you do modify and and then experience a better feedback mm-hmm. and it's like it it's it, you know maybe it's still kind of ethereal like why that's all uh, happening and why that this is working now and that wasn't but it, it definitely is more tangible mm-hmm. it's like right in front of you um, but then it I find that it also puts you in direct connection with how much is out of your control mm-hmm. you know and uh, how much is quirks of, of just happenstance uh, the weather rolling in and uh you, you know you have to respond and some right. you know mm-hmm. you're, you're always on on the ready yeah so there's an you know that's an interesting um place to put yourself but is it any uh, different for uh anybody else in any other place yeah, other right. than that maybe they're not addressing it um in their immediate actions um it's more i don't know I'm not. I'm just sort of rambling there. Yeah, I, I think there are differences, though. I, I, mean, I don't know what. There is a real economic stress on small farms. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like it's extraordinarily difficult to like make a small farm work financially. Really, you know, and it is. It's not tricky. that maybe it isn't to just have any small business also work, um, but. I think just the sheer complexity and magnitude of like the globalized food system working against um, what small farmers are doing makes it a daunting. Yeah, task. right. If you really think about that too much, it kind of feels, um, you know, like what is it, like. Is this serving the the greater world? Could it serve the greater world? Like, could like how many people would have to go back to the you know agrarian lifestyle to facilitate feeding the whole world? Mm-hmm. And you see the uh, efficiency of the great food machine, and you're like, well, 
it's logical. It makes sense. It's a it's an outgrowth of uh, the 20th and 21st centuries. It makes sense. It has to be this way. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 got to move fast. It's got to keep up with all the people. Um, it's an amazing it's amazing machine. The the global economy is astounding. I can't wrap my head around it. I'm always trying to, but it's <laughs> mostly yeah. just like I don't know. It's right. too big. It's it's frustrating to try to understand. Yeah. Um, because there isn't a real clear answer for me, um, but again, trusting intuition or at least using it as a somewhat of a guide, it feels good to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, speaking on behalf of the, of the artist in me, to then to create something like a farm um, that give at the very least, if somebody comes to the farm and appreciates the natural beauty, and 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 I was uh, able to facilitate that that's almost enough in a way you know i don't know if i get to live there and they get to enjoy it a little bit that that's awesome you know and i i don't know if i'm solving the big problems of the world by growing food but i know there's a little room for me you know and, and i don't want to pontificate too grandiose uh uh you know is this is this fixing something because i don't even know if it's really broken yeah you know like to assume that i don't know i don't know if you can really break the world i Mm -hmm. think it's just you can do things that are beneficial to humanity or or not Mm -hmm. or but uh can you really break it i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know it's interesting though to wonder so why don't we just uh tell talk about your 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 farm operation and what you guys offer. Yeah. You want to go? Me? Okay. Um, yeah, a small farm, like, like I said. Um, You're in a, like, do we, I don't even know we said we're in Campbellsport. Campbellsport, yeah. So it's, I mean, it, it made sense for a lot of ways. Kelly grew up next door and her mom still lives there. So that was convenient. And this was sort of the land that became available to us. When well, we, it seems perfect to me. Yeah, yeah. It's a good location, though, because it is it is sort of, like you said, Fredonia is sort of like, yeah, like a bit far, but, you know, it's not a suburb, certainly. Yeah, you know? kind of lacking identity or, yeah. or a center. Yeah, and so it is kind of out here, but it's not too far out, you know, from Milwaukee, I guess I'm talking about, and so... We still feel kind of connected and pulled to the direction of West Bend and Milwaukee. And like how far uh, to the, just say the downtown? Probably an hour to downtown Milwaukee. Well, that's still reasonable. Yeah. And we have a lot of supporters in Wauwatosa, which is, you know, the west side there is a little closer, mm-hmm. um, 45 minutes maybe from here, which is reasonable. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then we talk about, you know, we're an hour from Appleton even and all that. Oh, Fox City, so, so you could go that direction. Could go that way. We haven't done that, and we don't necessarily have the capacity to do that mm-hmm. now. But uh, that's an option. And Fond du Lac is pretty close. You know, it's a fairly large city. Um, well, so you talk about your CSA a little bit. Yeah, CSA. I guess what do we shares do? are uh, of being sold as we speak. Yep. yep. So sold. you better hurry up, everybody. <laughs> go with that. Get out there, yeah. What did we... Might be half full, even. 
I think we're a little, little less. Yeah, yeah. which you know what, what is full. Yeah, we're shooting for. So uh, I mentioned earlier that we made a tough call to not attend farmers market this year. Mm-hmm. So that means that we uh, will take on maybe ten. Ten more shares. Ten more shares. Um, so that would put us somewhere between like eighty-five and ninety-five. Wow. So cool. it's uh, <laughs> it's a lot. Ambitious, right? It's ambitious. Feels ambitious. Yeah, but it, in a way, um, we're thinking that just streamlining how we distribute things will yeah. help mm-hmm. make it feel like less of a. Mm-hmm. Do you find that the when it comes to like the delivery, it feels like it consumes? A lot of your time. Delivery is pretty. Well, more than you would like it to. For, I mean, I think I think yes, and specifically because that's probably our least favorite thing it's to like, do is right. driving around it, uh, all day. Takes you all day. <laughs> well, both of us because we. Um, one thing that we do is we offer individual delivery to homes or offices kind of like pizza delivery it's Mm -hmm. within a certain range Mm -hmm. but that means that it's a lot of stop and stop and go and Mm -hmm. um, it's really cool because we get to (coughs) see people a lot of the times excuse me but by the end of the day it's it's a long day spent in a and you're not on the farm yeah you know there's probably stuff you could be doing right right so um yeah, we hope to scale that down a bit because we're going to actually sort of have the plan to move a little bit more in the direction of drop sites. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you offering, again, the home delivery? Or we're doing home delivery basis? on a limited know, basis. Is more grandfathered in or something? A premium option. Oh, sure. yeah. Somehow put some economic incentive yeah, for the for extra the group work. Drop. Yep, and then, so we are offering the group drop sites. Um yeah, we do weekly shares or every other week shares. Mm-hmm. And last year we offered the option for people to pick what goes in the boxes. Not everybody did, but, um, and it's certainly not perfect either. I mean, it's still like what we can offer. It's right, not, right. Like we it's want, not like grocery uh, store offerings. <laughs> or, you know, we it's might run out of some things, you know, because there's only. We're not a factory. And, sure. So, yeah, it's not Did that create a, like, uh, extra, uh, did it feel complicated at all? Um, well, I mostly did the administration mm-hmm. of that. And then I would say if I, I, it probably added an additional, like, two hours of, like. Per week. Per week of time the on the computer. Story, like, yeah. I've got to put the crops, like, basically in the shopping cart format. So that takes a little time. Mm-hmm. And then um, just kind of monitor it a little bit to see, like, because you put a n- number of things in there and, like, okay, we're getting low on peppers. Do we maybe have a few more? Like, yeah, could I add a yeah, few yeah, more? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, So we give people, like, three, four days. And so I, it's a little time monitoring it mm-hmm. um, over that. And then it's just, like, printing out all the info it gives us a harvest list and um and then i guess it maybe does take a little time in packing because then it means we have to put 
stickers on boxes so with, that they're distinguished yeah so that we know what's going into every box and then because we do home delivery they have to get loaded into the delivery vehicle in yeah, a certain in order. A nice order so that's got to be accounted for ahead of time so it's a little bit extra it feels good um to me though like it feels to worth that worth that extra work mm -hmm. to, to give um, the people to give them a little choice. control over yeah. what they get people have really been satisfied with it i think good it's gotten a lot of really positive feedback like thanks for allowing us to opt out of the kale yeah <laughs> or, or, or whatever yeah or whatever at, it may at the be. same time it's like it it did leave us feeling a little bit like it's out of our control like we can't really fill someone's box like if they don't want to take a bunch of kale, right, like right, their right. box well, might not getting, be like, right, yeah, you know, right, stuff right, full. Right, right, so right, right. then we're like, well, is that going to affect how people perceive the value yeah. of the share? That was a and struggle. That's tough because you always, we would always strive to, you know, fill the box, like a volume, you know, and yeah. you didn't want to have like a half full box. But now it happens occasionally because people chose bunch of zucchini or something and it only sort of they're rolling around in the bottom yeah. of the box you know but yeah. that's what they ordered that's all they really were looking Wanted. for or yeah. that's what they thought maybe they didn't realize how that would yeah. translate they just knew they didn't want kale right right but they right. didn't realize they didn't like, realize that then it was uh one less item or yeah or whatever. just yeah so you, are you doing that again this year? We're trying. We're gonna try it again this year, and I mean, it's just our goal always to strive to get our yields up to where we plan them to be to try and alleviate some of those stuff. issues of right, right, running right, out right. of stuff. Last year, I think, was a challenge because we started on this rented land. Um, Is that right nearby? It's near West Bend, actually. So it's a little hike. It's maybe 15, 20 minute drive, mm -hmm. um, and it's a great arrangement with the landowner there we have like a long-term lease and there's water and deer fencing and, oh no, uh, that is really nice really a nice situation and it's an exciting place to be a lot of other um there's the possibility we get uh, material dropped off there which i've been making compost with and stuff mm -hmm. like that which is it's really cool um difficult always to kind of try to come into piece of land and have it produce in the first year you don't really know what's going on mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. um so we really struggled with the weeds last year there and the fact that we were doing more than we could really probably handle on our own so um our yields were pretty atrocious last year because things were just lost to the weeds we were were you doing a lot of your production on that land primarily most of it actually uh, that was our primary space because it got so wet here Oh, right, and the spring uh, being what it was. It was wet, yeah. and then it was, it was our first spring with the hoop house plastic on, and we realized that a, a side effect of <laughs> having the hoop house oh, was it displaces, like, it was already four inches of rain in one week, and then the displacement. Oh, it's all dumping. Oh, we, had a, we didn't have a way a to move stuff. that water away and so garden space. yeah we're like until we can get in here and make that like it's not worth risking so it's basically our hoop house and yeah our rented land where where we produced things last year well so that's the goal to 
kind of move up from just sort of wheel hose and have a little bit more efficient and more sophisticated weeding capabilities and just do that better so that our Something yields for your are better. Um, actually, this thing, I'll show it to you. It's called mm -hmm. the Drangen. Um, mm. We're going to. It's brand new? No. It's top secret? Well, it, it secret. is kind of brand totally new, actually. I mean, we've had it. We uh, we got it when we started the farm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But And we've used it for transplanting. But, um, I mean, in terms of how much we've used it over it's four literally. years, it's pretty brand new. Yeah, how much it costs. Integrating it into the operation. Yeah, it's taking time. It's sort of like a motorized, lay-down oh, sure. work cart. Cool. It's very modular and, like, I mean, able and capable of being outfitted for a lot of different things. It's just been, you know, mm -hmm. since we started the farm, it's like, you don't have any infrastructure. It's like, you can only handle tackling so many things mm -hmm. every year. And so, yeah, right. So this is uh, one thing that's your like... way to success. You know, <laughs> like one year, you know, you jump little hurdles. I'm yeah. waiting for that year when that's just like, yeah, all of it just sort of like, this is all boom. This spring, this spring is going to be it's coming. Oh, man, workshop in production. Yeah. yeah, you need a space first to be able right. to do the work. Exactly. And right, right, right. So, I've been struggling with it too. Well, right, it's just sort of like, it's like, yeah, duh, you need a space yeah. for this task. Right. Well, anyways. Well, that's cool. So, yeah. uh, so things are looking bright. Yeah. Three Sisters Farm. I think so. We're looking forward Excited. to the year. You're, yeah. you know. Yeah, trying some new things this year and also kind of, I mean, we're growing a little bit, but we feel a lot more stable now. Yeah. Okay. This is your, uh, what year is this? You're going on your fourth? Fifth or? season. Fifth we're season in our already. fifth wow. season. I mean, so the first really year we anymore. started at my mom's and yeah, yeah. we had six members and like no we infrastructure. Oh, you were working off farm. Yeah, yeah. so it's really just a transitional this is, year. This is the first year actually that we, I worked a little bit in the spring uh, at another yeah. job, but this is like... You really were uh, like before that. Jeff was still teaching, yeah, or, and that are. really limits. Like, you know, this is the first year where we uh, are able to be on the farm full time and um, actually have the member support we need okay. to do that. Yeah, well, Whereas, like so before, it's like, well, no one's really heard of us, so yeah, yeah. even if we wanted to sell or were able to sell this many shares, like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No one would, we wouldn't have enough support to buy them, so we've got to still work, and that yeah. means that we can't Day get to these projects yeah. and can only, oh, we're yeah, limited right. by. So you're there, you've reached <laughs> that, you've, you've leave that for them. Yeah. Which was so, scary for me last year, like, whoa, we're like, okay, now we've really got to do this. Like, yeah. there's no, if I'm not working and Jeff's not working, it like, is, here I it know. is. Then you got to deal, at least personally, I feel like. Oh, that's a lot of time to not um, be like bringing in. I mean, of course, the CSA, sh the shares start to be sold, and then mm -hmm. uh, there's that buffer. But uh, it still kind of feels like you're untethered mm -hmm. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's a really. So, you're totally free. Like, anything yeah. that happens is like, it's on you. Like, exactly. Because no longer... even with the farm, there's this, uh, it's always calling mm -hmm. you to do it. And it, yeah. it, it's really kind of comforting to know that you have uh, a workload that um 
needs to be done. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's beckoning you to do it. Mm-hmm. If you want the fruiting, this is what you need to do. But the, you're right now from like uh, December to well, basically it's just December, January, then things start to pick up at least around our place. But you have the opportunity to do as you will. Mm-hmm. Um, which I try to tackle like projects, mm-hmm. but I still, um, are, it's inconsistent because they're not always, uh, they're not beckoning me quite right. the same way. Yeah. And it's I still like feel like I need some time to of. sort of just yeah, sort of decompress a right, little bit. Right. But then he, then I suffer the pangs of uh, guilt. Like, oh, you could be. <laughs> I should be, be doing, doing Yeah, this. like, don't you want that <laughs> to get done? It's not going to build itself. Yeah. And and so on, but uh, you know, I I tell him, I tell him to shut up, sometimes. <laughs> just relax, That's good. you know, enjoy a beer, good conversation, That's good. and uh, think spring because once it comes, you know. You go, oh, that's right. That's right. I, I, I should have relaxed a little bit. Right. This is <laughs> why I work. Yeah, now I can't, right? I know. You got to build in little little gaps, yeah. little opportunities to chill yeah. um, all summer long. But I think a gap about July needs... I mean, it seems impossible, right? Yeah, like, but it like would be a, a day, good time. Like a two-day thing? Yeah, a little like break a, time. Like just sort of go camping or something? Something just to be like... It's hard to do though. Yeah, I find it hard to decompress because uh, you almost have to uh, wind down. Yeah, you know. Like, so if you take like a day off, you're still down. like, "Geez, I, there's so much I should be doing. I can't right. even enjoy the fact that I'm not doing it because it's Just thinking still about all the things I need to going do. in my mind." Yeah. But that too, um, to be able to flip switches like mm-hmm. that, um, I think is something that perhaps will develop over time the ability to you know feel stressed but then to just let it go yeah and yeah. uh it's time to relax so let's relax totally. like let's not bring it with us yeah. let's leave it leave it there totally. some more learning learning as we go yeah. well anyways what more can you offer me or these listeners um about your csa because who knows who's going to listen to this and they may want to be a customer <laughs> So details, details. vague details. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, the shares are on sale. They can be found at uh, Three Sisters Three Farm. Sisters Community Farm dot com. Dot com. Um, mm-hmm. There's more details there, and people can sign up online. Online, yeah. online. Um, we'll be at the open house, which you guys will be yeah. there too. Right, right. Yeah. The CSA, uh, CSA what they call the initiative house. or the open house. I don't know what the name is. <laughs> exactly um, but that's in March beginning of March year? March 7th so yeah. come check it out it's usually uh, jam packed it's it's, it's yeah. kind of a fun yeah. uh, fun place to be mm-hmm. yeah. and shop around because there's a lot a lot of different CSAs out there yeah. and I don't know I I I, um, I don't want to feel like we're all in competition but it's hard not to because we kind of are Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but somehow we're all on the same team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're all kind of competing amongst the team. It's it's sort of interesting. So I don't want to ever think. I want to like force those thoughts out of my mind that it doesn't matter. Um, there's plenty of people to go around, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know it's a huge metro area. Right. Like how many do we really need? Yeah. Like um, in whatever scale, um, you know we all arrive at, I think we'll be fine. Yeah. Is what I, I hope. Yeah. Um, 
someone, uh, I remember someone asking me like, well, there's so many like different options. Like, how do I know what right. at the open house? And I was like, talk to the farmers oh, yeah. to see there which farmer Just, like you uh, connect with. Yeah. Like, that's the farm you want to... Yeah. yeah, I find so many of, uh, of the people are too... Are, it's really just, like, drop site specific almost. Some, mm. Sometimes. Yeah, you know, right, I mean, right. Stuff, like, how convenient is this? So I could see, like, offering up home delivery really being appealing to uh it's kind of why we yeah uh, right because it's like a startup farm and one how can to... we entice people in we'll, we'll yeah. go we'll go the extra mile right. early for you guys which uh you know we we really streamline our delivery it's like one day maybe two maybe two this year i'm not sure but it's like just this corridor you know it's like grafton cedarburg mequon uh, the North Shore, River West, downtown Milwaukee, and, you know, I've done it in, like, two hours. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so we, we, we strive to do the delivery the day of and then deliver yeah. if we get off the farm by, like, 1 o'clock. Usually it can be back home by, like, 4 o'clock, depending. If we leave early enough, then we skip traffic, you know. <laughs> if you get caught in the traffic, I hours. <laughs> well, we built that in, you know, because... Like you, like you guys know, there's so much, like really, you need to be on the farm. Like right. that's like ideally everybody would just come and pick it up, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know right. that's that's ideal. Um, so, anyways, I, we should probably wrap this up. I don't know how much patience people have. I don't know if we're interesting <laughs> to listen to. If you made it this far, thank you. Good job. You, you are. You, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I'll try to do some more of these. I would like to. Uh, I got a list of other farms, you know, local farms uh, that I have yet to connect with. But I think it's an opportunity to get to know them. Yeah. It kind of structures the dialogue a little bit. And uh, great idea. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that's it. I'm signing off from here in uh, Campbellsport, Wisconsin, on a winter's day. <laughs> Nice. Did it record?